You're listening to the Fueled by the Outdoors podcast. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe, tell us what you think in the comment section, and leave us a review. I just hammered a good one. Dropped him. Asher. Never seen that deer before. It's a tough pill to swallow after having that deer at 18 yards. Fueled by the Outdoors, we're your hosts, Rick Gates and Chris Leppert. What's up? And tonight, we get to do something that we have not ever got to do. I get to break down a buck hunt. Yeah. <laughs> that I killed. That I killed for once. So, um, last time we left you guys, we were talking about handling meat and the best ways to do that. And at the end of the podcast, I said, if you see a picture of deer the next week, um, that that means that I had killed a deer. So... I am officially, my buck tag is officially punched in Ohio. So that means the two people on this podcast have punched their buck tags. The one person who is our kickstand has not punched his buck tag in Ohio yet. So he was out, uh, what, all day today? Uh, yeah, I think so. I th- he probably got down and charged his phone. Yeah. Good point. Or his uh his cell phone battery or whatever the heck the thing was. He saw a nice deer though. He did he did see a nice buck, but he uh Man. he he let it walk. I, w- I would have had a had a hard time letting that pass, but I get where he's coming from with uh with how he's how he's hunting that property now. Yeah. Yep, you got it. You know, when you have a place like that, <clears throat> you have to pass deer if you know and you can look good all day long killing, you know, a nice three-year-old, but when he turns into a stud, 145, 155-inch deer as a four-year-old, yeah. you know, and then you either kill him or he gets away one more year, and now you're looking at a you know, 160, 170-inch deer, possibly. I mean, he could also go downhill. That's um, true. But, but you also, you know, even if he goes down to 120 inches as a four-pointer, He's a massive deer. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. not, you know, when you see these de- people posing with these deer with racks, with beams, you know, the size of your pinky finger, calling them mature. That's just not Accurate. deer get big. Like they don't, you know, you look at an old man, his fingernails are thick, his knuckles are huge, his ears and nose are bigger. Like it's just different. They don't turn into these like, tiny little things until the end of their life which is like 10 or 11 well 13 years old you know which more than likely you know you did not outsmart a deer like that more than likely you know the chances are it's just a yearling buck you know (laughs) that's okay just know that it's a yearling buck right right so but anywho yeah so I guess um, I'll go ahead and kind of start breaking down my hunt. So, so you, you were on private land, correct? Correct. And you went to Ohio from Kentucky. Uh, You were hunting with archery tackle. Yes. Yes. Okay. And, uh, let's see if I remember correctly. You were in a preset stand, correct? That is correct. Okay. All right. <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it 
from there and let you take the reins and go ahead. Okay. So the property that uh, I am hunting in this area is it, it, it butts up near some public. Uh, I've been hunting this property. What is it? This is 2022. Um, I have probably been hunting this property for almost a decade at this point. My dad and my uncle have been hunting this property for over two decades. Uh, they would hunt in some other areas of Ohio. They switched to this area. Lucky enough, one day they drove by the front of this person's house and they took um, they took time to stop, knock on the door, and uh, the woman came out and they asked and they and she goes, "Oh yeah, sure. Don't don't worry about it. We let people hunt here. You know, just make sure that we, you know, know you're coming in and when you're coming in." So they've had a very good established relationship. Uh, with this family they those two individuals who own the property originally have since passed on and their two grandsons now own the property and they've split it and they've been kind enough since uh my dad and my uncle were really good to their grandmother they said you know you got you know the ability to come here and hunt still they uh they gun hunt they don't bow hunt so we pretty much have free reign at this place until thanksgiving weekend or the weekend before thanksgiving then they start getting in there and start setting stuff up so uh last year i had talked a little bit about this place they did what was called a selective cut on this property and they came in and took in a took out a lot of trees a lot a lot of trees and a lot of oaks <clears throat> however what that has done this year and chris you've seen the pictures uh it's created basically a hillside um <laughs> full of crp in areas where these deer will go and they will bed uh and prior to this there were big deer on this property my dad killed a really nice buck last year uh probably the biggest buck he's ever shot Absolutely. yeah and uh you've seen pictures of the deer on this property previously there's deer that are probably uh pushing seven years old at this point that are just absolute like they're they're giants Uh, that's the only way i can describe them is that they are hill country giants and i've uh i've only ever seen one in person i shot and missed him two years ago shot right under his brisket and never to be seen again and the reason we uh went up there this time of year is a little bit different than what we normally do we you know, tend to get pictures on October 22nd and October 23rd of two specific deer every year. For whatever reason, these two deer show up on camera every year on these two days, and then we never see them again. We, we've we've waited around. Our deer camp is actually, um, normally it would be November 11th through November the, I think, 19th or something along those lines. But this year, uh, due to some changes, uh, I didn't know that we were going to do that. So I was like, well, at, at the bare minimum, let's get up there in October and, you know, see what's going on with these deer. So dad and I go up, um, I want to say it was right at the end of September. And, uh, 
we we put down put down some corn and put put a camera on two different areas and then tried finding uh, an area that was collecting water where we had good pictures last year but it's so dry there's there's just no water in in, in some of these areas uh so the spot that i'm at uh we set this stand there two years ago uh it was it was a different set stand but the we had to move it because they cut down the tree that the stand was in so we moved it uh two-thirds of the way up a hill and uh my dad sits at the very top of the hill uh in a blind or in a climber typically so we set the stand we set the we set a bag of corn we throw a camera on it and don't don't go back in there uh we did not uh try to stay out of there as much as possible dad went up i think monday of that week pulled cameras his camera had three pictures on it and all three of them were him walking away because the camera malfunctioned um over a month long period mine had 4400 pictures on it all deer all deer deer every day yeah so what what had happened was uh and good pictures of deer there was some there was some real nice deer in there there were a lot of small bucks but a lot of does coming in there too. And what had happened <clears throat> is after they cleared out the area of food, they kept coming in to check to see if there was still food there, but it was under an overhanging branch. So the deer uh, opened up a scrape and there's a licking branch there. So they just kept coming in and hitting it. And like they go another, I don't know, 30, 40 yards, and there was another like open community scrape. And I've got pictures of uh, small bucks where it's so dusty, like you can see them kicking, and the dust is like up around them, um, collecting around the camera. So I uh, start getting everything ready. I'm super pumped for this hunt because I'm 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 I was confident going into this <clears throat> going into this weekend. I was shooting my bow well. Uh, we've talked about the debacle on opening day where I took the shot that was at like five yards and just, I, I took a bad angle, like flat out, took a bad angle on a doe. I wounded the doe, could not find her. I'm pretty sure she's still alive. It was a non-fatal hit. Um, so we drive up, uh, we invite my cousin up, Tony, who you've met before. Cause he's, he's been to your house and we did a, uh, we're like, Hey man, like you're getting into archery, you know, let's, let's get you uh, actually coming to an archery deer camp. I'm going to take a drink real quick. So we, he, he's like, Oh yeah, man, it's a, it's a, no, not too far away from where I'm at. So he drives down, dad drives up the night before I drive up and meet them all. So I have three days, uh, basically three sets at Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night. And I get up in my stand Friday night and I've got a south wind blowing in, which is perfect on this, on the stand. Uh, the deer don't come from that area. It's going to blow my scent a different way. And where this area is set up is it is an old logging road that's overgrown, but it goes straight into a property and then into a probably 10 year old clear cut. And this clear cut is thick. And when I mean uh, thick, I mean thick. Uh, it's It's got just little trees about 
you know, the size of your wrist or smaller that are just, you know, grown up and are probably 10 feet tall. And they're just, you know, all through there. And it's perfect bedding cover. It's where every deer comes out of. It's where every deer runs to. What, what kind of trees, what kind of saplings you got coming up? Um, I believe, I, I want to say they're maples. Maples? Um, yeah, they're, they're, I, I think that's what they are. Poplars. That's a very good possibility too. Um, I didn't even think about like when they do those clear cuts. They're, I I would assume that they're planning those because Mm -hmm. they come up as if nothing else ever existed there. So I would assume they plant poplars. Um, That's what I find here in the clear. Really, and they're like. It's stupid thick. Well, that's where you get into the woodcock. Yeah, that is. That's true. It's where it's where woodcock uh, house themselves at, and that's probably a pretty good bet. I'll have to check. Well, I'm going back up there in November, so I can okay. definitely go over there and check yeah. and figure out what the heck it is. So <clears throat> those deer are in and out of there. It runs the face of, I mean, the face of the hill, so it changes in elevation from, I want to say 500 feet to 900. 900 feet no 500 to a thousand feet that that's okay. that's ele- elevation change my stand is two-thirds of the way up the hill right around like 900 feet in elevation and it, it's just it's a a bench that runs around the side of the hill like the deer that my dad shot walked this bench around the other side of the hill and then came up it was a west wind so it came up around the other side and walked, you know, five yards in front of his blind last year and he shot it at 15 and it, it was waiting because this whole area, the deer can get whatever wind they want and they can get to the top of that ridge and they can just walk, you know, however far there's Oak flats across a saddle yeah. as well. So, okay. so it's, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty interesting thing. I was listening to Jake Bush on the way up to the hunt and he's like describing you know, like your perfect area to hunt bucks at. He's like, well, ideally you'd have like a north to south running uh, drainage with ag at the head of it that would change in elevation. And there's like a saddle and there's oak trees somewhere nearby. It's like, well, you just described like this exact spot. Like it, it is and this is why I think this place holds deer so well is that there's so much bedding cover. There's so much food and it's uh, off public. So all the when the public land gets pressured, those deer funnel straight into this area. So I go up, I sit Friday night, and I would say probably with probably 40 to 50 minutes left in daylight, um, I see deer come in. It was a doe and a button buck. And they come straight up this little drainage and <clears throat> go the button buck just comes straight in. The wind starts swirling. He could he could care less. But the doe stands at maybe 50 yards and is just like staring the entire time like something's not right. So she doesn't ever like blow or stomp or anything. She just kind of walks off, comes back, um, bounds off, comes back. And uh, eventually the button buck gets bored with the area and just heads out. So at this point, I'm 10 minutes away from the end of shooting light. I wait till they get out of there. I get then out of my stand and I head back, go, we eat dinner. We talk about everybody's hunts. Dad had a small buck up by him. Tony didn't see anything, but 
Uh, it was really his first time being in the area. And we kind of just said to him, like, look, here's some areas to go scout and look at. There's oak trees near here. You're probably going to see something. He didn't see anything. So Saturday roll, Saturday morning rolls around and I get up, get in my stand. It's probably an hour before daylight sitting there. Uh, this is for Tyler Sparks. There was a meteor shower. If you're out of your bed early enough, you can watch mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. The, uh, the Orion's me belt meteor shower. It was kind of neat. Um, all the barred owls are calling back and forth to each other. Oh man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm, I mean, and it's, it's, this is one of those areas where there's so many hills, like you can hear them echoing and calling back and forth off of each other. And I mean, you're talking, I mean, I, you're, you're talking like 20 owls. Like they're just, they're like talking back and forth. It's, it's insane. It's, it's really cool experience. Dreaming. Yep. So as I'm walking in, don't hear anything. Don't hear anything. I get up in my stand I'm sitting there and all of a sudden, like I hear, you hear like that unmistakable, like, and it's like, you hear stuff and it sounded like, it almost sounded like chasing, but I'm like, man, it's, it seems like it's too early for this, but it goes on for like 30 minutes. Like the, like I'm hearing this noise back and forth, back and forth. <clears throat> so I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. It gets to be daylight. Watch the sun come up. I'm nine o'clock rolls around. I'm still not seeing anything. And I was like, well, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this till like 10 o'clock. If I don't see anything, I'm going to, I'm going to sneak out of here and I'm just going to roll the dice and get in here a little bit earlier in the evening. Well, as that happens, nine 30, here comes a doe walking through the area 30 yards in front of me. And as I thought about it, I'm like, well, I can buy another tag. Like if this doe comes in, I'm going to shoot her. Like I want to put a deer in the freezer. That, that was, that is a, a big purpose of this hunt. It is an out of state hunt for me, technically, even though I've hunted there all my life, but being one of the dirty out of staters now, I do have to look at it as, you know, if I, if I yeah, have, dirty. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, box. Yeah. I, I've, I've got, I've got to look at it as, um, I do want to fill my freezer and, it's a lot easier to come home to a wife when you have meat in your cooler versus when you come back and she says, well, where's the deer at? It's like, well, I pass it. Why did you pass it? I don't have to have those questions if I have a deer with me. So the deer stops at 25 yards under a limb and just stares like directly at the base of my tree, turns around and walks the other way. And it was, it was a nice, big, fat, mature doe. And, you know, she just walks down. So it gets to be 1030. I'm like, all right, I need to get down. I need to go back. Uh, my dad was leaving uh, for the afternoon to go somewhere. And I wanted to make sure I was back at camp when my cousin got there. I get down, I walk, and I get literally to right at the opening where I walk back to my stand. And here stands that doe at 10 yards. She doesn't blow. She just bounds off and runs the other way. So I'm like, okay, she didn't blow. Maybe I'm okay here. So I go, I get down, we start, uh, I start um, talking to my cousin about like kind of what's going on. We start planning for the evening hunt. And I basically said like, I've got tonight to hunt because I've got Bengals tickets for the, for the, you know, the following day. 
<laughs> so I was nice enough to get him. Someone was nice enough to give him to me for free. And, uh, you know, first Bengals game since the, uh, what was it? Preseason game, but also uh, the playoff game. So, yeah, I, I'm three. I am three and zero in Bengals games for the past uh, for the past three I've attended. So, yeah, need yeah. I, someone wants to give me season tickets, I'd be happy to go for it. <laughs> um, but I I get up in my stand early. Like I, I normally wait till like three o'clock to get in. I'm like, I think I need to be in here a little bit earlier. So I get in there at two, uh, and it was it warmed up a whole lot. I mean, it was, it was pushing 70 degrees, if not 72, somewhere around there. And the wind had picked up again. And if you were in Ohio this past weekend, like you knew, like you're, you were getting 20 to 25 mile an hour gusts. It's not fun when you're in a tree stand and you're just kind of swaying back and forth. Well, finally I'm waiting around, um, I do kind of like my interview to the camera while I'm sitting in there and I wait and I wait and I wait and I sweat and I wait and I drink water and I sweat and I wait and it, get, it gets to be, uh, I think around five o'clock and the wind finally lays down. And when it laid down, uh, I could hear something, you know, you hear the squirrels and everything, but you, I could hear something heavy, moving through the woods and I was like, Oh, it's probably that doe again. And I'm, I'm waiting, I'm waiting five turns into five fifteen, still not seeing it, but hearing it five fifteen turns to five thirty. I'm hearing it and it's getting closer and I'm sitting looking around like, where is this deer at? Cause I, I'm, I'm like, unless this is a raccoon that I'm not seeing or something else like this has to be a deer. 545 rolls around and finally I see a brown body and all all I see is big fat like I just see like a big rotund body and while we were at camp I meant to say this I gotten in the predicament I was like well I told myself I'm going to shoot something because I'm going to be back up here in November so I thought but what if I shoot a doe and a buck comes in like at some level, I want to be prepared. So I bought a second tag while I was sitting at camp. So I'm like, I got my bases covered in case this yeah. happens. So I see this big fat body come in. And that's when like everything kind of like, like the moment just stopped. And I look, I start looking through the, through some brush and all of a sudden, I just see white. And I'm like, I, you know, the first thing is like, oh, my God, it's it's the king of the forest. Or, oh, my God, it's it's that big oh. one with the with the massive brow tines. <clears throat> so it wasn't either one of those deer. Those two deer didn't show up. What did yeah. show up, though? You'd have shit a chicken if. Oh, my God, man, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been. Man, I, my palms are sweating thinking about those two deer right now. Just, just, just <laughs> yeah. like, just like how how perfect those two deer are. Um, I see this big tub of a deer start walking through, and he starts working his way towards me. And I'm like, "That's an eight point." It's like I have an I have a decent eight point on camera. Like I th I think I think this is the deer. 
So he starts, you know, the thing that the, the noise that I kept hearing was he was lifting his back feet off the ground and he was scratching behind his ears every, every five oh. feet, every five feet. You'd see this deer stop, scratch his ear. And it was like left side, right side. And he would just keep alternating back and forth. So he's coming in, but he, um, immediately once he gets near the area that I'm sitting, probably 40 yards away, nose to the ground, licking every branch that's coming through there and just puts his nose back down. So I'm sitting there telling myself, I'm going to shoot this deer. So I'm getting myself ready. I'm like, take deep breaths. Like, you know, it's a deer. You need to remain calm. This isn't any different than any other deer that you've ever seen. You need to just stay calm. So he comes in and he is at 25 yards completely broadside. And he is he is at an angle where I where I you know I, um where he is um angling away. Uh, he's uh quartered away. So I've got I've got a I've got a nice shot. And I was like, I'm gonna wait. Like I need to be patient here. This deer is not gonna turn around. If he does turn around, I've still got a really good window to shoot and I can stop him. I'm not worried about this. So he gets to 25 yards a little bit, like he moves a little bit more and he's at 25 yards now and he looks up and he sees like he sees the licking branch and he sees the little bit of corn that's left on the ground. And this like immediately, you know, you'll see it in the video, like immediately this deer just wanders straight over to it. Um, he turns his head. I get up. Um, I draw my bow. He's, you know, I've got wind blowing in my face. I've got the perfect wind and he's at 18 yards. And from, from my angle, he was broadside. Uh, he actually, when we went back and looked, he's a little quartered away. So I, I aim like right where I want, right where I wanted to exit. And I let the arrow fly and I see the arrow bury into him, but I don't get a pass through. And my first like immediate thought is, oh no, I didn't get good penetration. So I, I looked, there was no, like, I didn't see any blood squirt out of him because the way I was angled, the arrow went through, well, you, I mean, you helped me butcher the deer. The arrow went through um, the upper rib cage and it was double lung, but it hit the backside shoulder. Yep. Uh, it, hit, it, hit, it hit the back. Well, I guess it would have been its uh, it would have been its uh, right shoulder from the way I was sitting. So I bury it in him and he takes off like a bat out of hell and like bolts away. So like rather than sit there in shock, I, I'm watching the deer run and I'm just, I watch him and it's like perfect. I wish, I wish the can I could have panned the camera towards it. Cause it, it was like perfect view. I'm watching this deer. The sun is setting and I can see his silhouette run to the top of this hill and I lose sight of him. But all of a sudden I just hear a massive crash. And I'm like, I like at that point, I was like, Oh my God, I, I heard him fall. Like I heard, I heard the deer fall. Like this deer is dead. Like, and for those of you that don't know, like this has been like a monkey on my back for, yep. I mean, five years. 
is yeah. is trying to kill a deer with my compound like a, a buck i shot a buck at the same place i want to say in 20 it was 2018 it was 2018 because that was the year my son was born he was only if he was only a few months old and i took a shot at a deer i was really anxious and i shot it back and hit the femoral artery and it looked like someone took pig's blood and just like dumped it on the ground like it was shooting everywhere yep. uh it was it, it was it was not a shot that you want to take though like like ever like you don't think to yourself like i'm gonna shoot the back leg and hope that i clip the femoral artery yeah um so so i i i i get down like i don't have self-service here I, I like in the in the like where am i i have like one bar I was like, I need, I need to get out of here. Like I heard that deer fall. I'll get down. I'll take my stuff with me. And like, I'll look for blood right there. I don't think there's anything, but I need to get down. I need to go somewhere, look at the footage, make sure I know exactly where this deer fell at. And I need to like go call somebody. So I think as I was, as soon as I got service, I sent you and Josh the deer emoji, which was code for, I told you guys, I think, before I left, I'm like, if I send you a deer emoji, it means that I have a buck down. So I sent it and you were at, <laughs> you were at the Halloween camp out, but Josh was doing God knows what, putting together furniture or something. And he, he was, he's like, are, are you being serious? I'm like, I, I'm like, I just shot like what I had believed at the time was to be the biggest like deer of, of, of my life. And, and two, and I will say this. Body wise, it's it's top two. Like it's it, it was a bigger body deer. Um, antler wise, no. Um, I've got three deer that are bigger than that one. Uh, but at that point, I wasn't even thinking about that. I just thought I saw a big body. I'm like, don't care like about the rack at this point. Like that is that is a freezer filler and a big freezer filler. Yep. So I call my dad. He's at this, he's at an anniversary thing that he went to during the day. I'm like, where are you at? And he's like, well, I'm still, I'm still at this place. And I was like, I've got a buck down. Like I, he's like, do you have blood? I'm like, no, but I heard him crash. And he's like, did you see where he went? It's like, yes, I did. So he's like, okay. He's like, when I finish up here, he's like, go eat your dinner. He's like, don't go back in there. He goes, don't go back in there, track it. Go talk to the landowner. Let them know we're going to be back in there with flashlights later tonight. And that we're going to be looking for this deer. So I would go over, let the landowner know. Um, they were really appreciative uh, because what they said is a lot of times they didn't, they didn't recognize me. I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm Rick. I hunt your property. And uh, the husband knew me, but the, the wife comes out and she goes, Oh, thanks for coming by and asking. Like most people just wander on our property and just assume that they can like track deer. It was like, well, like you gave me permission to hunt here. I'm just letting you know. Like, and she goes, Oh, okay. She goes, a lot of people come over here just anytime that they want and think that they're allowed to walk on people's property, which, you know, I mean, it, that's a good way to get shot. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's not, it's not intelligent. So, I mean, they were, they were super appreciative and, and like they're, they're awesome people. So I get back to camp. I'm waiting on Tony. Um, I'm waiting on dinner. I'm like a nervous wreck. I think I chugged a beer as soon as I got back to camp. What'd you eat for dinner? I made homemade chicken enchiladas. That's right. What kind yeah. of beer did you drink? Uh, high Life. <laughs> Ch <laughs> Straight chug to High Life. 
chugged the high life and um i uh i think i had another one before we left because i'm just like i was my nerves were shot i just like i wanted to go find this deer so at this point it is 8 30 it is pitch blackout so we all go up there with headlamps and we start trying to look around and you know as well as i do that when you're trying to find a deer in the dark in the woods it is not it it, it does not look the same at all um nothing nothing looks right there was no blood whatsoever um i had marked where i thought the deer went in to the woods with an arrow find the arrow i look at it i look at the video it's exactly where where i thought it was if you're looking for an affordable technical gear style clothing that performs well that cuts weight from your clothing but not from your wallet check out huntworth whether you're hunting early season in nebraska mid-season in ohio or late season in iowa huntworth has a system to keep you comfortable and focused on your hunt With early season fast approaching, we highly recommend checking out the Durham Lightweight Hunting Pants and the Midweight Shelton Hoodie. These items paired with an appropriate base layer will perform at a high level in multiple early season conditions when fishing and hunting. So we've been on the search for a new broadhead this year, and after doing some research and kind of looking around, we found this company called Afflictor Broadheads. We got our hands on some of the heads this summer to test out, and guys, I got to tell you, I believe that this head will be in our quiver this fall. Each and every broadhead is hand-assembled in their Texas facility by people who truly care about your experience. This year, I'll be shooting the K2 Mini and the K2 Hybrid, and I got to tell you, I'm absolutely loving them. They fly great. They're extremely durable. And the penetration is just deadly. I can't express it enough. I also love the practice pin feature these guys came out with. So far, I'm really, really impressed. To learn more for yourself, check them out at afflictorbroadheads.com. We searched for two hours. Up and down this hillside, up and down, up and down, could not find this deer. And at this point, like, I am sick to my stomach. I was like, I know I heard this deer fall. I know it's here. Like, this area has, like, these little finger ridge systems where if a deer falls in one, they're not getting back out of it. Like they like they've cut trees and they've dumped them in there, and you don't know if it's two inches deep or twenty feet deep in some of these places. So we're looking, we're looking, we're looking. We get to a point, and it gets to be um, worrisome because I go back up to an area, and my dad goes, "I'm going to go down and I'm going to check over here." <clears throat> well, then, like we can't find my dad. <laughs> So I'm yelling like in like, this is like a 15 minute ordeal. So like, I'm pan- like panic is starting to set in because like, you know, like, like my dad, like I don't want him to get hurt or anything. So I'm like yelling like, dad, where you at? Dad, where you at? And my cousin Tony's like, well, maybe he went back to the truck. And I was like, I just don't feel like that's something he would do. 
So I get halfway up the hill, my phone dings, and he says, back at the truck. His flashlight stopped working. It's like halfway down the hill. Oh. So so he had to end up climbing down the hill to the main road and then walking the main road back to the truck. So we get back. Um, we all pour a drink and are sitting around the fire. And at this point, like, I am just, you know, not happy. You, I mean, you, you've, you've searched for deer and not found them or have, like, had to let them lay. And it's, like, the most sickening feeling on the face of the earth. So I'm like, I'm going to have... I'm going to have a couple drinks and I'm going to burn all this firewood. So we stayed, <laughs> that was at 11 at one o'clock. I finally climbed into bed and it was not a good night's sleep. So at like seven at 7.00 AM, uh, my alarm goes off and I I'm up and I'm dressed and I'm ready. And they're like, well, we want to take our time, drink coffee. And I'm like, like I, 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 I need to go find this deer at this point. Like it's light out. It's light enough out. Like we, we need to go find this deer. So we go there and we climb back up the hill. When we climb back up the hill, dad had said, he goes, do you think you can point me to it where if you're sitting in your stand? It's like, yeah, I, 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 I can, I, in my mind's eye, I know exactly where this deer ran. So I get in my stand and I look and everything's lit up. Now I can see exactly. So he goes to where the arrow is and he, I said, just start walking. And he like, he gets to a point where I couldn't see him. I said, okay. I said, the deer was even with me. Now, mind you, I am 30 feet off the ground. When I say the deer was even with me, there's only one ridge where that would have happened. I said, walk until you are even with me. He goes, go ahead and get down. I understand because there's only one spot the thing could be at. I get, 10 feet into the woods and he's like he goes found it and he was 10 yards from it the night before like literally 10 yards from it and he was looking to the right instead of the left oh. and and it, it was it was in some thick stuff I walk up and here lays this you know nice probably what we say two-year-old buck mm -hmm. um two-year-old buck um, and it was just like the biggest relief in my life. Absolutely. Uh, no arrow in it. That was, that was surprising. Cause when it ran off, like we figured like, you know, we looked at the wound channel on it and I'm like, I didn't get a pass through. So this arrow should be still be in this deer. Um, the arrow wasn't in it. So we're doing everything. We're gutting it. And I was like, well, the broadhead still has to be in the deer here somewhere. So take my time getting it gutted. And then, you know, as the adage goes, when the buck drops, the fun stops. This was not fun. Uh, this was, uh, <laughs> I think you said, I, I had said like, nothing will tell you how out of shape you are, like dragging a deer out. And you said, it's a dead body, Rick. It's going to be tough no matter we'll tell you what. How in shape you are. It doesn't matter who you are. It's a bitch to drag those things out. Oh, oh my God, man. So uh, we we end up, uh, me and dad drag it final, downhill. Thank goodness. We had to drag it uphill to get it downhill. And uh, weaving it in and out of trees. And this is very kind of rocky terrain. 
So like you're trying not to like break an ankle on your way down. Tony found the arrow uh, about halfway between my stand and where the deer fell. And I had it buried that deer's uh, the arrow was buried in that deer. I would say every bit except for maybe, uh, you know, four to five inches. So I, I had excellent penetration and uh, I know they're one of our sponsors, but I had you was using a K2 hybrid. <clears throat> we, yep. I switched to that. I switched that this year. And when, when I tell you that the trauma that that broadhead caused and how good of penetration that thing gave me, um, I don't know that I will shoot another broadhead other than that one uh, for a very long time. Chris Creed said um, that, you know, he'd love to sell you a broadhead, but what, what, you know, if something's working for you, you know, stay what's working with, uh, for you. Yep. Uh, um, that's working for me. So I'm going to stay with those. Uh, so we get it back at this point, it's nine 30. I've got to be at a Bengals game at one o'clock. Uh, you were kind enough to let me come to your house. We got it skinned out, quartered up and put in your walk-in cooler. Sure. And, and, uh, I made it to the Bengals game. I made it to Covington, parked, sprinted through the drunks across the suspension bridge, oh. and got in the stadium, got to my row right as soon as Joe Burrow uh, hit the opening touchdown to Tyler Boyd. So, Hell yeah. I, I mean, to, to say that I had one of, like, there, there's, there's like, like best days in your life, like when you get married, when your children are born. Um, th this, this was top five, like top five, like, you know, just overwhelming, like almost tearing up joy because of everything I've been through to try to fill this tag. Um, getting my bow, right. Practicing being better at archery because you helping me fix my shot uh, because I was not anchoring myself correctly. Um, being able to share it with my dad, which I think that's like, that's always such a cool thing to do. Like, oh, yeah. like being able to share it with my dad and being able to share it with my cousin. This was his first time he ever got to track a deer. This is the first time he ever got to recover a deer. That's right. And uh, first time he ever got to see someone gut a deer. So he got, he got kind of like a course in, like everything. He got to smell his first punctured stomach on accident. <laughs> um, he, 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 uh, I told him, I was like, dude, if I get the stomach, like it's, it's going to smell. He's like, Oh, it won't smell that bad. I was like, Oh, <laughs> just wait. <laughs> um, Let me I puke inside your nostrils. <laughs> <laughs> See how it, you feel about it. Then. It, it, it it's, it <laughs> it's so awful. Um, and like to be able to finally cut a deer up with you. Like that was, that was something that we yeah. talked about consistently. It's like, we haven't cut a deer up together. Um, we got to cut the entire thing up together. We got to process the deer together. We got to debone everything on Tuesday night. My parents got, came over uh, and, you know, in your new meat hanger and oh. your processing station in your garage. And like, it, it, it was just like, 
I, I, I could honestly say I've had a, I, I've had things happen this week, like at work and stuff that normally would just be like, I'm be like, what the f- is going on? Like what? Like, like I, I don't want to, and it's not even phasing me. Like it's, oh, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's not phasing me and I can't wait to get out and hunt again because now it is, I can film my buck tag in Kentucky and I, I can hunt the whole season. I don't have to feel pressure. Yeah. I've got, I've got that done. This is the earliest I've ever killed a buck. I think we were talking about that today. Uh, October 22nd, 2022 will go down as a date in infamy for me. And it will be, <laughs> you know, the, the only bad part is, is that I got deer camp up there. Uh, November the 18th, I think it is. It's somewhere around there. It's like the second week of Kentucky's gun season. Man. And a giant man. I, and you know what? That the cool part is, is I hope my dad gets the opportunity at, at one of those giants now, like, be cool. because he can go sit that area and he he's, you know, we we've scouted this area together and this was a spot that I had originally picked and we'd set the stand together. And he's like, I think this is a good area because I'm going to stay in my spot up there. Cause that's where I feel like I'm, I'm most comfortable. Well, now if he's not seeing anything down there, it's like, we know there's deer travel in this area. And like, you know, you can come down here, you know, you can shoot a doe if you want one to fill the freezer or whatever you need to do. But there's a reality now that I'm also going to be, um, the camp chef. So, you know, yeah. So I, I, I get, I get to like, I get to take my time. I get to relax. I don't have to like honor in that too. Like getting to cook for people and, you know, help them through their time while they're out there trying to get their deer. And that's, that's kind of a sort of an honorable role to fill. So that's yeah, pretty cool that you Dude, get to do. That. I'm, I'm, I'm super pumped about it. And, you know, I do, I do have to say a bit of thanks to you and Josh in this realm, because you know, when we started this whole thing, I have stated this multiple times. I do not like filming. I don't, yeah. I, I, I don't like filming. It adds extra pressure. It adds extra ways of doing stuff. I think with the current setup that I've got, it works good for me because it, it is, it is very low impact. And sure. with, with the way this preset stand is, is I can just attach the camera directly to the stand. And like, as I'm sitting like by my knee, I can just reach up, turn it to where I need to move it. And then I just click it and I, and like, that's it. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's got such a wide angle in most of these places I hunt. It keeps it all in frame and it's that type of filming and filming in general, like it helped in this, in this situation because it reaffirmed for me, like that I shot the deer well, that it ran off. I could see where it ran off and I could hear it fall on the video. And like that, that, that was, that was the big piece is that like, like when, when someone that you're tracking with, and especially my dad, he's, he's like, he's like, did, did you really hear it fall? I'm like, dad, like I heard it. He's like, let me play you back the video, and I play it back. And he's like, oh, that's a dead deer. He he, he and like, he he thought that that he's he's like, how, nice. huh? 
Isn't that nice to be oh able my to gosh. go back and listen and watch and you're like, yeah, that deer is dead as shit. Yeah, like there, there, there was, and there's no doubt about it either. Like you could hear it, and when he looked at where I was at, he goes, "There's no way." I think I would have heard that deer crash. He's like, "That was a hundred. He goes, "It's 150 yards away," and I was like, "But I was like hyper focused on it. Like there, there was there was no like not hearing this deer or like seeing where this deer ran to, um, at all." Uh. The interesting point, though, that my cousin brought up, <clears throat> he said, you know, it's kind of like this weird um, backwards search and rescue. He's like, when you go into the woods for a search and rescue, you're hoping you find the, the person alive. He said, when you go in to track a deer, he's like, you're hoping you find him dead. And he's like, you want to find him quick and you want to find him dead. So he's, it's this weird kind of backwards search and rescue in these situations. But, man, it's uh, the filming aspect of it, you know, was really great. Uh, just ev everything. I mean, it literally everything from the start of the season, and this this was only it was only my fourth sit of the season. Nice, so, yeah. So I had only sat the opening. I only sat opening day because it was so dang hot in Kentucky. It's normally the only day that I hunt in September, and then just I was in Colorado mid September. We had a wedding on a muzzleloader um, weekend, and yeah, I'm not real happy about that still. Um, and you know, there's there's a reality that I just I couldn't get out because we had like I had I had prior commitments, and it wasn't like vacation commitments. Like the every everything, the Colorado trip was a wedding as well. Um, but but uh, I made the sits count, and. We talk about this a whole heck of a lot is that if you scout hard, you make things easier on yourself. And if you learn an area and you learn a property, you're going to learn how deer move. You're going to find it year to year and you're going to know it a lot better. And yep. to that, that ultimately is you know, the biggest takeaway that I can have from this is, you know, I've, I've got a meat full, I've got a, freezer full of meat now uh that's josh's that i'm gonna eat and then i'm gonna put my deer in it i'm just <laughs> uh, uh, um you caught me off guard <laughs> um I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna i got a freezer full of meat now uh and i i have i owe that to taking the time taking an entire day going and scouting an area being smart about where we put cameras at and staying out. And, and you know, as well as I do, I, I am normally a person where every inch of my being is, I want to go check that camera. I want to go check that camera. That's and everybody. man, it's, it's tough. And especially when I know it's over bait, like it's, you know, well, do I need to fill it back up? Do I need to do this? And the reality of it is, is that, you could, but are you going to blow deer out? Like, are 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 you are you going to ruin that spot, and are you going to do that? And I realize some people will be are, are going to listen to this and be like, "Rick, it was a two year old deer," and it's like, you know what? Yeah, it was a two year old deer, but the reality of it is, is that the deer came in because it was comfortable coming in, because yeah. it, it 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 I had the right wind. I made sure that was the other piece. Um, this is a tidbit. This this is probably like. A, a big piece of this is 
Um, I think about three days before, because we talked about using a mobile setup. If I did, if I wasn't going to use a preset, if I was going to use that preset stand, yeah. I, and I went and I looked at the historical wind on the days that that deer showed up, that those deer would show up in there. And then I looked at the wind of that weekend <clears throat> and that stand is set specifically for that wind. So I'm like, like I've, I've got, I've got the best wind possible to sit there and I can go in, I can make less noise. I'm just going to go in. I'm going to do it this way and, you know, let the cards fall. And it worked, you know, I can't say it's going to work every time, but it worked that time. And I had a plan executed the plan and I've got a dead deer and I've got it. Yeah. I've got an Ohio buck tag punched. Congratulations. You know, you, it's cool to watch because, you know, kind of sticking by your side through all this monkey business. Um, you know, and when I say monkey business, I mean like having a monkey on your back. Mm -hmm. Um, it can get tough. I know what that's like. Uh, you know, you wound deer or you have bow issues or whatever. I'm the king mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. So, um, when it comes to bow issues, so I, I know it can get to you and, and it was pretty cool to see you work a little harder this year and try hard to, to correct the, the archery issues and just get out and do a little bit more scouting and try to learn a little bit more. And, um, you know, now you got a buck down one of your better bucks that you've killed and, you know, your earliest buck that you've killed. And mm -hmm. um, now you can go play in Kentucky and you still owe me a hunting date. A I do. Hunting date. I so do. we're, we're going to do that. Um, whether it be on public or down at Bruce's or wherever, but um, no, nah, I'm pumped for you, man. It was cool to get to cut up a deer with you guys and um, I'm ready to cut some more. So man. I am too. I, 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 I very much am. And it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's been awesome. Like I, I can't, I can't say it enough. And, you know, to, to any, anyone who's, I, and I can, I can say this assuredly from both standpoints of, uh, dealing with this in my career with people, but also dealing with this in personal life with, you know, trying to overcome something, you know, the only way that you're going to get over feeling nervous or anxious or worrisome about your stuff is constantly working on it. And if you, if you're getting frustrated with it, take a second, remove yourself from it for a second, take a deep breath and think about what's going on. Yep. Don't, don't put like ultimate pressure of like, Oh my gosh, I got to get this finished now. Or, Oh my gosh, I got to get this done now because you're rushing. And then you're expecting an exchange to take place. That's not going to take place. Like when you, when you just slow down, take time and understand the process, you're, you're going to flourish a hell of a lot more and every single time, every single I time. Agree. I agree. Well, let's see if I had a concluder to wrap this up, it would be if you feel like you're struggling, work harder and educate yourself because as you can see, and you know, we're not here to say that we're professionals or the greatest deer hunters ever. Rick killed a two-year-old deer that's a little over 100 inches, mm -hmm. but that's better than the buck you killed last year, which was no buck, you know. Which was no buck. 
you know so and, and the thing is is you probably made the best shot you've ever made oh yeah on that deer which was a shot now some people might not care and, and there for a while i really honestly didn't care because i made a lot of really good shots but after wounding a few deer on like chip shots mm -hmm. and i you know looking back it, it was the bow it wasn't me uh, and I don't say that to shirk responsibility. I know what it no, was. No, your bow was screwed up. <laughs> now now that I know, there for a while, I thought it was me, and I had a yeah. freaking complex mm. from hell. So, um, you know, being able to work hard and make a great shot like that, it's it leaves an uncontrollable smile or smirk on your face when you see mm -hmm. it you, you it's something that you think about you think about how the deer ran off and then everything got quiet you know you're to crash and then nothing and you just think man that was nice you know not only did i do well but the animal had very little suffering yep. it was over in an instant and you know you you gave it a quick clean death and now you're going to get to cook that thing up for your friends and family and all that. And it's just something that's really cool. So if you're having issues, do not blame anything for your issues. Just work harder. If you need to change something up, change it up. Yep. Um, but work harder. You know, kind of like Cam Haynes says, nobody cares. Work harder. Yep. At the end of the day, you can bitch and whine all you want, but it ain't going to help you kill more deer. That's exactly oh. right. That's exactly oh. right. How about yourself? I got a couple. Um, the 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 thing that comes to mind is uh, a conversation that we had with um, when we were on the Southern Out um, Southern Outdoorsman podcast. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to talk about Don Higgins and how deer can't die from expandables. No, no, they definitely can. Um, <laughs> uh, they, uh, uh, when we were talking with Jacob Meyer and he said, uh, you know, a lot of people will sit and do the same thing and they're, they're content with being unsuccessful with doing that same thing. Yeah. Um, it's very important that when something is not going right, you learn from it. And it is a very hard thing to do for some people, myself included, is to get out of habits that you have grown up doing all your life or that you have come to decide like that's the best way of doing it. If you can't accept help from somebody and constructive criticism, you're not going to get better. Like you're, you're, you're just not going to get better. And People don't do that stuff to to be mean or anything like that. It's to help you along the way. You know, the the thought that comes to my head is <clears throat> how you do one thing is how you do everything. And if how you do one thing is your only your way, that's how you're going to do everything. But if how you do one thing is you're going to take information from other people and then you're going to make the best decision, well, that's how you're going to end up doing everything. Like that, that, that's, what's going to make you better. That's what's going to make you a better archer. It's going to make you a better gun shooter. It's going to make, you know, all those different things. And you're never going to get better unless you take information and, you know, take the time to get information. There's a lot of people. God will. So this, this deer I shot 
is below 120 inches. The amount of people who have asked what county that deer is from, where did you kill it near? It's like, guys, it's a big body deer. It's not a big, big deer. But the amount of people who are not willing to take the time to scout or learn for themselves tells you that you're doing something right when you are actively doing they're actively asking you those questions because yep. you're the one killing deer and they're not and the reality of it is is that you can help those people and you you know give a man a fish he'll eat for a day teach a man to fish he eats for a lifetime you know tell them where to go to kill a deer they might kill a deer teach them how to scout they're going to kill deer for the rest of their lives and yeah you know, buddy of mine i told you about you know mm -hmm. his name, but we won't mention it on here yeah that literally said well tell me where to go uh it wouldn't matter if i did you you have no idea right you'd just run all the deer out you're not you don't hunt like i do mm -hmm. and it would literally blow the place out i i marvel at that man well and then but, and then we have then we have a guy last night who writes uh, who writes us and says, hey, I'm unsure of what to do on public land. Are these things that I'm allowed to do? Right. And like asks questions that right. are healthy questions to ask. And it's like, yeah, man, like you're allowed to go do that. And he's like, sweet. So I can just go in and I can start scouting and looking for sign. Yeah, that, that's something you can do. He had a place picked out. He knew what he wanted to do. He just didn't understand the access part of to it. But he asked the he asked a you know an information seeking question that was healthy it wasn't yep. tell me how you killed that deer yep so I agree. you know the only other thing i gotta say is if you have the ability to get somebody out in the woods and take them hunting and fishing please do it this is a wonderful time of year uh, the musky bite is on smallmouth apparently are being caught at lake cumberland currently i missed it by about three weeks and they're hooking 23 inch smallies so if you can get down there Go ahead and get down there. Right. Any any large reservoir like Dale, there, Chickamauga, anywhere. So oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, this has been fueled by the outdoors. We've been your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppert. Thanks everybody for listening to me talk about my deer that I'm grin still grinning ear to ear about, um, <laughs> and we really hope to be bringing a couple more of these to you before the end of the season. Guys, talk to you later. Bye. See you.